Hello humans, hello humans. It's uh, probably around 9.30ish, something like that, May 1st. Happy May Day. Um, this is uh, sort of a, uh, this one will be entitled, Don't Freak Out, okay? So nobody freak out on me. Um, but we're going to discuss some stuff here. So, um, there was a forecast in one of the major sets in our Alta reports, where we've had a lot of the other uh, forecasts from that set manifest, and uh, I thought this particular thing had manifested, and it was called the Global Coastal Event, okay? And it was described as basically a big slosh about uh, with some other parameters, uh, long-lasting effects, yada, 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 yada. Um, but I thought it was satisfied because the, I, I used to run this thing that I called my reconciliation routine. It was a C program that, that like, um, activated the large language model that we used for the forecast, taking the results and cross-comparing it to existent language before doing the next run. Uh, so, it, you know, a referential, a self-referential um, integrity check, see how well we were doing. And so um, uh, I would run that and um, we had 60% fulfillment on uh, the language groups for the global coastal event around Fukushima. Okay, and so it was like, well, okay, so I sort of see how that could be, right? That if you had enough radiation dumped into the ocean, it could go around to all of the coast. I was expecting something to happen a little bit more rapidly than the projected 37 years or whatever for the Fukushima radiation to get over to basically all the coasts on the planet. Uh, and then, the, uh, except for Antarctica, because of the circuitous... Um, uh, currents around it, it was going to take another, you know, 15 or 16 years, something like that. I don't remember the exact projection. By the way, I'm outside with the doggo and we're waiting for a guy who's going to come and fix the big tractor. And so I may um, have to pause this or maybe I can get it done before he gets here. Anyway, so this is don't freak out, but here's the deal. There's reason to think that, that the reconciliation routine and my uh, acquiescence to its conclusion that the global coastal event uh, had manifested with the other stuff in the set, uh, because see, in that in that set um, were things about bridges and and local stuff to me, right? That that was always my focus, by the way, on all these reports was basically okay, what kind of shit's rolling down at me? I cared, you know, a little bit less about other humans and other parts of the planet uh, relative to the shit rolling down. Uh, so, uh, that set about the global coastal event described in some detail, uh, problems here in Washington state. Well, the real problem for me at the time was, uh, and even now, because it intrudes on the actual interpretation of it at the, on the very day of Fukushima, we had an earthquake here in, uh, Washington state, uh, or maybe it was in BC, but it affected Washington state. And it caused a couple of rivers to have um, excessive tidal surge and cause damage in a couple of bridges. And so it was like minor, but it all the language satisfied. We had roads that were blocked. True, it wasn't forever. It was only for a few hours. Bridges were shut down for a few hours. But the extent of the description was was 
was um, surprisingly manifested in these in the uh, results of this minor earthquake, right? On the same day that we have the Fukushima event. And so we can project from Fukushima that we're going to get radiation all around the coast, and therefore the fulfillment rate uh, reconciliation program said, okay, uh, these sets had manifested. We've seen this language actually manifest into reality. And it's like, okay, all right, good, you know, fine. All right, especially now that I own a house on the coast. Literally looking at the Pacific Ocean. True, I'm up 155 feet, so I'm less worried about things. But nonetheless... Okay, so don't freak out, guys. I'm not freaked out. Um, and as I say, I live on the coast. But I think that perhaps we are still being set up for a global coastal event. And um, hang on a second. Dog! Where are you? Come here! Anyway, um, there's some new information here. Uh, this comes as a result of a uh, directed by universe confluence of my interest in liquids and fluids not the same thing by the way um naturally occurring and uh artificial and some of the work i'm doing with those um and certain events in our reality so uh i'm going to mention this the uh, global elites wouldn't know what to do with this information it destroys their climate change uh, narrative, but uh, here's the thing. There's a hole in the Pacific Ocean. Uh, this hole is letting water leak out, okay? Not out of the ocean, but out of the earth into the ocean. This hole is 80 uh, kilometers off the coast of uh, Oregon at Coos Bay, uh, slightly to, ever so slightly to the south of Coos Bay. That's significant as well. Anyway, um, so we've got a hole in the ocean letting out water into the ocean from deep in the earth. Uh, one can make a couple of conclusions. This is primal water, that is to say it's combined in the planet's never been on the surface before, most likely because of the depth it's coming from, and it's, it's coming into the abyss, right? It's coming into the deep parts of the ocean there. Um, and so it's coming in in spite of the pressure of the weight of the existing water there. Therefore, it's coming in in a pressurized state. Uh, when sampled, uh, this water shows that it's nine degrees um, warmer uh, than the surrounding water, okay? Uh, this sonograde. Um, and um, it also, uh, according to reports uh, about samples from it, uh, it shows itself to be uh, inner. In, intertectonic plate fluids, right? Intertectonic plate fluids, the the lubricant material, which is a very dense and um, obviously has minerals and all that kind of stuff in it, has a high electric charge and uh, is uh, uh, liquid water-based. Uh, in this case, uh, primal water. Okay, so this implies a whole lot of stuff, especially the size of the, or we can infer, all right, um, uh, uh, we can infer from this that there's certain potentials that can come about here. One is that, hmm, maybe if we're going to have, enough, okay, so uh, I will try and get a link 
I've been putting them on Twitter and on True Social uh, for Neil Adams' video about Expando Earth. So I wanted to get Elon Musk's attention and tell him, look, Pangea never existed. There was never an Earth, the current size, where all the continents and everything were all jammed together. That did not happen. That's not the way it occurred. Okay, Earth was 60% smaller and all the continents fit. And then it started expanding. It's continuing to span, and the it's always expanded. And the um, the moon's also expanding. Um, in any event, though, so uh, as it expanded, uh, the rigid continents on the surface had to rip apart because it's expanding from the middle out, so to speak, right? Growing from the middle out. That's the current state that we have now. So we may be uh, in a pending expansion event, and these could probably be quite violent, as one might imagine. Now, this one is um, off of Coos Bay, Oregon, okay, so north of California. If we look at the heat patterns, the distribution of the heat patterns, because there's something else, okay, so climate crisis is not factual. Planetary warming, not global warming, but planetary warming is factual. It is not man-made. It's coming from the core of the planet, uh, current science can't explain it, but it's a side effect of the expansion event, as is the onrush of more carbon dioxide. Bear in mind, there's new carbon dioxide coming out in this water, uh, this inter-tectonic um, plate water that's coming out from uh, the planet off of Coos Bay. Now, there's probably going to have to be in a bunch more of these before, a bunch more of these holes discovered before we get into the actual event, right? The expansion itself. Now, um, uh, the, it does away with the climate crisis because it destroys their climate narrative on so many uh, fronts. So if we were to take all of their measurements right now and apply it to a larger planet that was even increased only 1% larger, all their, their horrific climate measurements drop off, right? Because the planet is bigger, therefore it can take more carbon dioxide, blah, 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 right? Uh, but in any event, carbon dioxide is a trailing indicator, not a leading in indicator. So it always follows heat. It does not um, uh, uh, pre-say heat. Uh, it not, doesn't forecast it. Anyway, though, uh, holes in the fucking ocean leaking out inter-tectonic uh, plate fluid do forecast events. Now, don't freak out because we have no concept of the time periods involved here. Uh, it might be that this is the first hole and we might need hundreds for all I know uh, before we have any kind of major continental fracturing or anything, right? Uh, the powers that be are forecasting from this, the appearance of this hole off of Coos Bay, a, a nine plus earthquake event along the West Coast. And, you know, that could certainly be. I wouldn't, would imagine that there might be a number of them uh, along the road to an expansion event. Now, an expansion event is literally the planet growing uh, and the crust cracking to accommodate that growth, which we're seeing now with the crack in the um, uh, ocean uh, floor off of the coast of Oregon. There's many different ways this can play out. That's why I say don't freak out. Uh, this is not likely going to be a um, or if it is even, it's way too premature by probably thousands of years for us to say, oh, this is the big one and California is going to be fractured off and slide off and become its own island, right? It wouldn't fall into the ocean. What happened would happen would be a giant fissure would open up like a giant Grand Canyon kind of thing that would separate one part of a continent from another. That's the way this thing grows. Go look at the Neil Adams videos that he's made about this. 
which I'll try and put links on this um, uh, talks um, uh, link on Twitter. Anyway, so <laughs> so anyway, so the powers that be are going to uh, suggest big earthquakes are coming, but there's nothing they can do with that information alone within their uh, climate crisis narrative. And in fact, this information per se does away with their climate crisis narrative on a bunch of different levels. Uh, shows that it's not man-made, ain't shit man can do about it. Uh, even if we wanted to stop it, we could not. We don't know enough to do this. Their uh, model does not include the idea that the Earth could ever expand is, and is in fact continuously expanding as is part of the, um, the uh, my theory of everything where uh, we note that it's expanding. This is, has to do with how the universe operates. Um, and, and, you know, it's one of the basic... Uh, operating principles. Anyway, though, so they're not using this, right? They're not using it to pimp fear, but they really could if they tried. But if they do, it's going to destroy so many of their other narratives because there's, as I say, they could pimp the fear, but then there's no solution they could offer that would in any way enrich, enrich them or give them greater control over us. You know, if there's, if you know that California is about ready to get sliced off in a giant earthquake that's going to affect the whole planet and slosh all the oceans and, and make the planet bigger and shit, um, why the hell listen to these bastards if, you know, if maybe 90% of all humans were going to die in this event or something? Well, take your chances and go off on your own. These guys have no uh, claim <laughs> to survival or anything along those lines relative to anybody else, right? Uh, so, um, and we do see that there is a um, correlation, not causation or anything, but there is a temporal cause, uh, correlation between the, um, these events, half great year cycles, because a great year is 26,000 years, more or less. And at the 13,000 year point, we're at an extreme um, relative to that cycle of uh, circling around. And it... Um, is coincident with, uh, perhaps, uh, as I say, there's a correlation with expansion events. So 12,000 years ago, we get the uh, uh, Great Laurentian ice sheet rupture and the flooding of the oceans with all of the water that had been trapped behind the, uh, in the uh, ice age. Can't happen now. There isn't all that water up on the North American continent, so we can never have, have another great flood like that. Anyway, uh, happened uh, 12,000 or 11,500 to 12,500 years ago, and here we are at this stage. And now we got holes in the um, in the ocean off of Coos Bay. Um, so we're probably heading towards an expansion event. The data set that talked about the expansion event didn't say it as that. It described it as a global coastal event uh, for a lot of reasons. Um, and for a lot of reasons, I suspect that uh, we would have a number of global coastal events prior to an actual rupture or expansion uh, that would rupture the uh, continental mass in its curvature. And we could determine these things, um, where we're headed and so on, if we were sophisticated enough to be able to measure uh, the existing uh, curve, not of the... Um, 
mean level over the ocean of the continents, but rather the curve um, north to south on the North uh, American continent and the uh, on all the northern hemisphere continents, right? Because that's where the cracks occur, is between the equator and the poles. Now, the heat maps that we've got suggests that Coos Bay is the top. It's the northernmost point of whatever the fuck is occurring. Okay, the heat maps show a uh, decidedly odd pattern that is even getting comment on by the um, uh, all of the supposedly trained climate scientists that the WEF has generated, uh, who all think that there's human-caused climate change. But nonetheless, these guys are commenting on what their data is showing them about heat distribution, but they don't have a clue, and they dare not actually get into the details, because they have to say that there's carbon dioxide pouring out of the fucking Pacific Ocean uh, into the atmosphere, and they don't know what to do about it. Uh, you know, they don't know how to respond to this. And we've got um, volcanoes going off. Hey, get out of there. Move. Move. Get out of there. Dogs, get out in areas where I don't want to have to go and dig them out. Um... Anyway, so, uh, so there's, uh, there's probably reason for somebody to panic about this information, just not now. And as I say, we don't know how many thousands of years this shit might take. Uh, there probably will be big earthquakes as a result, but I suspect we're going to have to have a lot more holes open up before we get to a, um, uh, threshold event uh, in the actual cracking open part or splitting or, or you know, um, uh, fracturing of the continental base that would cause any kind of like major upheaval for all of us guys. <sighs> a couple of other things about fluids, all right, and liquids. So a fluid is, uh, depends on a liquid. Uh, liquid is, uh, the ones I'm talking about anyway, are naturally occurring. Okay, so that's the or distinction here, uh, that you can have a fluid like blood that has non-fluidic materials that's based on the liquid water, all right? Uh, you can have all different kinds of um, fluids um, like uh, acetone uh, that would be uh, solvents, uh, exhibit all the characteristics of water, but they depend on an underlying uh, characteristics and we don't find in nature naturally occurring in on our world uh, pools of acetone right uh, we're able to make it and so on uh, it qualifies as a liquid in many regards but is actually a man-created fluid has no naturally uh, occurring uh, liquid state okay so liquid is a, is a description of a state of matter um, that we see r very rarely in, in nature. And it's uh, so rare, we use it to look for life. And so if you look for water on a planet, you see water, aha, there's a potential for life. So it's very, very rare that liquids appear naturally. And if you think about it here in, on our planet, there's only, um, there's all these different distinctions uh, that do have differences. Uh, so such things as uh, water is a liquid, um, but uh, ice is not, slush is not, and so on and so on, right? So there's, um, and water is the basis for all kinds of fluids uh, that 
um, are liquid only because the water maintains the, the liquid state that allows that fluid to exist. We see this with basically only three um, compounds, or two compounds in an element, okay? So we have uh, hydrogen-oxygen um, compounds that we call water, okay? But this also includes all of the um, non-liquid forms, ice, etc. It also includes the superstate of water, the fourth state of water, this um, crystallized form that's not a, an ice that we can get into at some other time. Um, and it includes all the fluids that are based on water, okay? That uh, where liquid water is necessary to maintain that fluid, like the blood itself. All right, then we have, uh, so that's a, a hydrogen oxide, basically. Then we have um, hydrogen carbides, okay, or, or um, uh, hydrocarbons. Uh, hydrocarbons uh, are liquid naturally, and we find those in pools in the form of oil and uh, in the planet, right? There are derivatives that occur from those that change out of that uh, liquid state uh, from that fluid. It's a very complex fluid, but they change out and you get like all of the um, aerosolizing hydrocarbons that occur naturally. Natural gas, you know, methane, etc., right? Okay, then the one other one is mercury. Now, we have no... Um, you can have mercuric oxide and all of this kind of stuff, and they say that mercury is a transitional metal, which it is, uh, but I don't define it as that. I'm going to go into mercury experiments later on. But... Um, we don't find uh, mercury compounds that, that tend to stay liquid. Uh, we'll find that the things we can do to mercury with other elements generally tend to cause it to become a solid or uh, some other non-liquid form. So it's very unique. Um, Cozy Rev, by the way, uh, and I, I am as well, I'm in that camp as well, to think that mercury has uh, properties that make it more of a time fluid um, kind of a thing, and we can go into that later on. Anyway, though, um, the nature of uh, fluids is such that um, our exploration of the chemistry of them has just started, okay? So, if you think about it, just think about how uh, important the naturally occurring liquids are and all the resulting fluids to our social order. Uh, you know, because we even like turn lithium into a fluid in order to get in, into batteries. Um, that sort of thing, to get it to purify and, and uh, make it into batteries. So we use this process continuously. And now we're just getting up to the point where with some uh, molecular science and some um, uh, uh, effective AI that can actually do math uh, accurately, uh, we can get into doing designer fluids. And so at this stage, uh, that ability to do designer fluids uh, is going to be just like way cool, right? So we could, for instance, eliminate um, all of the impacts of using hydrocarbons as antifreeze on the planet by switching over to a hydrogen oxide, a form of water, that had very specific chemical characteristics that we were able to engineer into it. Um, 
I know some people that are doing this, not in the United States, you know, because we've got shitloads of problems, but they're actually out there doing that. They're trying for a one gram fluid, all right? So it would be, um, it would aerosol, aerosolize if it was, uh, re, um, uh, had one gram of pressure taking off, taken off of it. So a very low pressure uh, fluid that would could absorb vast quantities of heat. But if you were to like release the radiator cap on this sort of thing and let it go out to ambient temperature or ambient uh, air pressure, it would aerosolize. So it would come out into the atmosphere, would be water-based and wouldn't, uh, wouldn't cause any problems, right? So you wouldn't have the pollution in the ground and all this kind of thing. Uh, so this level of engineering is quite, quite interesting. Um, one of these outfits is one of the, the outfits one of the outfits, it's one of the colleges that is doing the um, uh, designer fluid part of this is also running the lab that's doing the analysis on the um, tectonic plate fluid coming out of Coos Bay. Uh, I don't know who they got the sample from. I'm trying to get a contact and talk to the guy because I wanted to find the actual um, chemistry of it, not just what they're talking about in the general release. Anyway, though, so like I say, don't panic. Uh, or go ahead and panic, get it out of your system now. Uh, it'll be a thousand years or more before there's any real problem from this shit. You notice Obama and none of these people are fleeing the, um, oh, somebody's car is going crazy. Anyway, uh, none of these people are fleeing the coast. So, uh, we'll talk to you later, guys. But like I say, don't freak out.